Happy Monday. It's a new week of the Sleepers podcast presented by Nobody Today. Uh, where's Keith Johnson on the Venmo? We're supposed to get a Venmo. Keith, come on. I, I, I think I think Mrs. Johnson might have peaked the, the transaction history. And there, there maybe there's a little conversation as to why they were $30, $30 down last week. Yeah, that's tough. Hopefully, this is one of the last times you'll hear presented by nobody. Uh, more to come. Am I leaking things right now? Am I trillying right now? Is that what's happening? Are you trilling? Am I am I trillying? I think I'm trillying right Is now. Is trilling a verb now? Yeah, trillings. I've I've been using trillying in my everyday life. I don't need to give you more details than that. That's Anyways, pretty, that's pretty trill of you. It's it's a new week, folks. Welcome back to the Sleepers Podcast. Uh, it, we are actually recording this on a Sunday night right now, so that's why we're rambling and all over the place. I don't have coffee in me. I haven't completed a run in the last 45 minutes. Uh, things are a little bit off, but that's because by the time you're listening this tomorrow, I should be on a golf course. I have a 9, 10 a.m. tee time, so Carter was flexible enough to move some things around to let your boy hit the links. I appreciate that from Carter because you hate golf right now, but apparently yeah. you don't hate when I golf. No, no, no. I'm all for others reaching their peak happiness and if golf does that for you then so so be it go do that me personally no how was your weekend i know you had uh, other activities that weren't golf that maybe you are a little more passionate about well i actually had a tea time this morning that was canceled but one of the members of my foursome dislocated his shoulder last night and i spent the majority of the night with him in er being a good friend uh, and Beaumont Urgent Care staying by his side while he was in extreme pain. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he'll mind me saying this. He's a fan of the podcast, a really good friend of mine. But he dislocated his shoulder going on to a slip and slide, like diving into a slip and slide. And I guess the game was you go on the slip and slide and then you get to the table and you and you flip the cup, like flip cup with slip and slide put together. I immediately put my foot down before we even started. And I'm like, look, I'm 30. I ain't going down no slip and slide. When was the last time you see someone 6'7", 265, go down a slip and slide? That ain't happening, but y'all enjoy. I'm, my man told you should have listened to me because he dislocated his shoulder. And it was a rough night, to be honest with you. I, but, you know, he's good now. He's in a sling. Um, <laughs> I think he'll be okay. He gave it his all. Thoughts and prayers to Toju, of course, one of the best guys on the planet. Uh, you've always said you're built for comfort, not for speed. Apparently, also not for slip and slide. <laughs> it's that something new that we've learned. You did take home silver in the beer Olympics, though. I did, uh, and it was it was it was some rig scoring going on. Let's just say that I don't want to speak further on it. Okay, it sounds like there's some politics involved here in the uh, the the judging systems of the beer. Olympics. Oh, a hundred percent. And honestly. Thank God, not thank God, but luckily Toes didn't dislocate his shoulder because I was about to like start, you know, putting some protest up about why I was in the second place. Um, and it was gonna get ugly. So it was probably good we got out of there. He took one for the team. Well, that's nice. Okay. Uh well, we have a lot to get to today, my friend. Also, I feel like off the top we should address that I'm wearing a Michigan admissions shirt. Isn't that uh, a Juco college shirt? Somebody claims that it's not the University of Michigan with the block M in front. I'd like to fact check that. I'm not disputing that claim. I'm also not confirming that claim. I'd just like to get it fact checked. But uh, we we made these shirts. No, you can't buy them. We don't have a merch store because last time we made a merch store, nobody bought our merch. So we also don't like like shelling it out. Like we're not very pro. Like buy my click the link. Like that's not us. So uh, if you really want one, you could probably get me to make you one. 
But long story short, this is one of two on earth right now. You own the other one and it's sitting in my kitchen right now. So uh, shout out to me for making shirts that troll my own team. I'd like that noted. I'm trolling my own team. It's possible and okay to make fun of your own team. A lesson some people could learn out there. Car, we're going to talk about a guy who might reclassify to a lot of different teams, maybe your team. We're going to talk about a guy who did not choose to play basketball on my team and instead chose a different team. And then we're going to talk about our favorite team that's not our actual favorite teams. That's Illinois. Uh, Their Spain trip ended and Ty Rogers finally played well. So tons to get to today, including 32 comments. Apologies ahead of time to anybody that uh, I I think there's a little crowd of people who listen to these like in the morning, uh, maybe on a drive to work or something, Cart. We get a lot of comments. We get a flurry of comments like last second, the morning of the episodes. Apologies to anyone who's going to do that with last Friday's episode. You missed the mark because we're recording a night early is what it is. 32 comments today, starting with Ulamog, who just went in and clipped all the segments and put timestamps in again. Thank you, Ulamog. You're doing the Lord's work. Uh, The Real Porch Fly says, caught up on Thursday's podcast, and I was blown away by the considerable love for porches. Thanks, guys. Porch Fly loves porches. Love a good porch sit. Do you love a porch fly? No, hate fly. Hate insects. All insects. Mm, Okay. Good to know. Tater46741 says, I'm truly amazed that top-rated bigs aren't just lined up around the corner to play for Painter and Brantley. Who's Brantley? Uh, To be honest with you, I was going to lie and act like I did, but um, I'm assuming it's got to be a Purdue assistant, maybe. Maybe like the Purdue bigs coach is Brantley. Yeah, let's just run with that, even if it's not true. Um, okay. While you're while you're talking, I'm actually gonna. I've, now I kind of want to know. I feel like big bigs are lined up to play for Painter, right? Like, are, yeah. aren't all the seven foot three guys just automatically going to Purdue? Yeah, I mean, it, literally every seven footer that touches this earth and can, you know, tell the difference between their left and right foot is going to Purdue. Yeah, and if you're six eleven, I don't think it matters if you want to go to Purdue or not. You don't fit the Purdue test you're not getting you're not, well, you're, not well, you're not yeah. welcome Come on, no offense but it is what it is uh you can feel free to interrupt whenever you figure out who brantley is but i'm going to move on gavin booher says what was the party scene like for you guys in college more of a question for carter since i imagine msu was insane for you greg i went to ferris state wasn't expecting too much of a party scene since it was a smaller school but boy was i wrong the dogs know how to party what was the party scene like for you cart listen <laughs> There, there's a Greg can actually attest to this. Okay, there's Albion's different when it comes to when it comes to the drinking stuff. I'm not gonna lie in the party scene. I'm not gonna lie to you because they don't have bars really. So everybody goes to the same like house or frat to like you know fraternize and party. And the phrase that is on all Albion stuff, at least when I went there, was always thinking. Like that was the catchphrase. Like Albion always thinking. It it quickly turned into Albion always drinking. The people were different there. Let it be known because it was so small. Because you had nothing else to do, all you did was go to the go to the crack shop. That was the name of the local liquor store. They sold to anybody over the age of ten. You bought yourself a nice little pint of R and R, maybe a little thirty rack of PBR, and you had yourself a night. It was a great time, and everyone had fun, and it was safe. You know how some players are system players, like you know that that term. That's a thing. Like uh, that's a system player right there. Yeah. Some players are the system. That's how I feel like you with drinking. Like, uh, I I think it's not Albion that was crazy. I think it's you that was the Albion party scene. 
and you could have taken you and put you on any small campus, however small you want it to be. It could be one house, one block, or it could be the biggest campus on earth. Carter Elliott's taking that over. Okay. Like you are going to become the identity of that campus's party scene for four years or however many years you're there. Uh, I, that's no disrespect to Albion. I left Michigan State on weekends to go to Albion specifically to drink with this man that is on the Zoom call with me right now. My hypothesis, though, Card, is that if I try to go back there now, when you're eight years removed from that, the party scene does not look the same. I know Michigan State's still going without me or without whoever. I don't think it looks the same without Cap. That that might very well be true. But just know I was first team all four <laughs> years frat. Just let that be known. Also, Brantley is the big man and assistant coach at that. He's the big man coach at Purdue. Shout out to our stats and research team, man. They are on top of their game today. Great question. Thank you, Gavin. Richard Blake says that was a great question about our current team. I would add Magic Johnson, but he doesn't have a Gregory Kelser to pass to. Would Magic make a difference by himself? Also, by the way, the fact that like your team's best duo ever is Magic and Greg Kind of feels like maybe we should start calling you magic. No? Oh, man, you threw me a lot that could have got us in a place <laughs> we did not need to be. I was um, trying to bait you a little you bit. Were, you were a, a fun fact for everyone on this podcast. Greg Kelser used to live on the same street as me. Great. That's a very fun, fun fact. Would, uh, would Magic Johnson make a difference for Michigan State basketball? Is that the question from Richard, I think? Would Magic by himself make a difference? I think he definitely would. I mean, would one of the best point guards in NBA history <laughs> make a difference to Michigan State's college basketball team? You know, I, I, I don't mean to sound like a dickhead, but yeah. He'd, he'd certainly make a difference on the party scene as well. Thank you, Richard. Steve Dunn says, real quick, my point was Izzo just looks better in a suit. Also, I sense the old Breslin feel will return this year. Any chance we see a new floor pattern, any particular court pattern you guys like slash hate? Uh, I like this question because I loved the Michigan State court that had the basketball in the free throw. Yeah. Key. Um, I, I So I... I I have some aesthetic things I wish Michigan State would go back to. Like, obviously, Michigan State has some great kits, some great uniform sets. The script from the Magic era is great. Uh, the Mateen era, like, throwbacks are great. There's a lot of different options. Before my money card, the the state jerseys that just said state across the chest from, like, 03 to maybe 2008 2009 era was that, like the, was that like the Knights of Paul Davis years yeah and Shannon Brown was in them yeah for a little bit. like oh, that yeah, those are classic man and then we had like a year of that with Kalen Lucas and Darrell Summers and the, the year they made the title game lost to Carolina mm -hmm. those to me are still the most pristine Michigan State jerseys there are and I actually pair that era up with the court that I'm talking about that I love so I wish like even if it's just a couple nights a year, I wish they would go back to that full aesthetic, get the court out with the basketball, bring the jerseys out that just say state and it's not script. Uh, that would be my answer, Steve. You got a particular one you like, Cart? Uh, def I think that's where I would go with it with it as well. I don't really have a connection to court designs necessarily, um, but I will say this to comment on the coach Izzo and the suit thing. I must say, when I put on a suit, I do feel like I mean business and I do feel different. But I could see that getting old if you got to throw on a suit for every single game to like coach that that will get old. Like I like a suit special occasions type thing. 
some coaches like really made a smooth transit. Like Jay Wright went from suit every game, looking like the most dapper GQ coach you could possibly have to like his last year was just quarter zips. And it was a little off putting at first, but I thought he rocked it by the end of it. I still don't feel like Izzo's really rocking anything but a suit. Yeah, no. Uh, it, also, Izzo's drip is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Could be better. Could be better. No offense. The, they don't pay him the money he gets paid for his drip. They pay him for the wins. Jeff Parks says, I have been watching the pod daily for the last two weeks and have become a huge fan. Thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate that. He said, this episode really hit home for me, though, because I was a big Field of 68 fan starting last season. And towards the end of the year, I posted several comments hating on Greg for how rough he was on Purdue. You were always just being honest and speaking your view, and I really had no basis for my comments other than me just being petty. Just keep bringing your unbiased breakdown of the game. I love even if it's bashing Purdue, because if you do, it's because you have analyzed it from every angle, and us fans deserve to hear it. Can I give that a round of applause? Jeffrey, may I call you Jeffrey? That is my favorite comment on this channel's history, my friend. That means more than you know I needed someone to say that. I mean, he's spitting right there. I mean, the Purdue, the Purdue faithful really act like we didn't make a trip with a ladder in a Nissan and brought our own pair of scissors and we're on the court for the celebration in Mackey. To be fair to them, we were pretty harsh on Purdue at the end of the year. We were rooting against them so hard after that last Mackey trip. But um, hey, I I think that it genuinely that comment means a lot because that is what we try to do. We're not out to hate any specific team. If we're saying negative things, it's because that's what we see and feel. And uh, hopefully there will be many other listeners that uh, come to see the light the way that Jeff did. Thanks for listening, Jeff. Jacob Petticord says, Sherelle announced he's postponing his commitment. Many saw him going to Alabama, which is definitely still possible, but definitely good with MSU still in contention. Your thoughts? Yeah, it doesn't move me as far as him going to MSU. I think uh, at least from whatever, all that I've been hearing is he's just leveraging to get a bigger bag. Whether that be, you know, from Alabama, which which is kind of, you know, said to be his lean or like some of those pro options are probably coming into play, throwing their own little bag in there. But I really think he's just trying to leverage getting a bigger bag Um, as an MSU fan or MSU fans. I would not bet on it. I would not, you know, be be looking forward to it, to be honest. I'm so sick. I don't root for a team that just has unlimited bag potential. Like, yeah, it would be so it, it's much pretty more fun. fun. Like I'm a, I like in soccer, I'm a Man City fan. It's just unli- like there is no there's no not there's no running out of money. Like we have endless amounts. It's great. I want to ask you this, actually. So uh, on the UM Hoops boards, there was a discussion with EPL coming back this week about comparing what it's like to jumping on the Man City bandwagon right now, because somebody was like, what? Well, who should my team be? How do I know what to what I like? And he threw out like, oh, I might I might be a city fan. Is that bad? And people were just like, like some people were like, oh, that's like rooting for the Yankees. And then some people were like, no, it's not the Yankees. It's like rooting for the Warriors after they got Kevin Durant. Do you like that comp? Like after adding Holland, that's that's yeah. It? Yeah, pretty much for sure. Like they were already in the middle of a dynasty era and then they just added the most gifted scorer on the planet. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, basically. But, you know, I got in at just the right time for Man City. Like, I got in right before they, you know, got taken over by an oil, you know, chic or Sheik. I don't want to mispronounce it. But, uh, yeah, I got in at exactly the right time. And when the fun started rolling in, and it's been fun ever since. 
Yeah. Jealous. Tater says, I was one of the rare UM football fans who preferred Brady to Henson. I could just see how the team responded to him. He had that it factor. Henson was great, but you could tell the team followed Brady. How much do you believe that comment, Cart? Or can we fact can we get our, our stats and research team fact checking that from Tater? I, I I more so just want like that the meme that came to my head was like 1865, the Battle of Mid that just came across the screen. That's that's what should have flashed across the screen right there. What? There's no respect for Tom Brady in college? Uh, no. That's crazy to me. Do you? I I think he was a good player, yeah. Like Yeah, he was good, but like he wasn't Tom Brady. Okay. I mean like the mid mid. He was, he was Thomas, he was Thomas Brady. I'm sorry, like Andrew Thank Maxwell you. is mid. Tom Brady in college is not mid. Why do I feel like Andrew Maxwell had better stats than Tom Brady? That's insane. Let's just let's just move on. Neil Stuckey said an Illinois what if question. Which recruiting miss would be a better fit with this year's team? Kylan Boswell, Jeremy Fears, or Ray J. Dennis? Is it is it Killian Boswell? I don't know why I'm asking you. No, no, I think it's it's Kylan. Kylan, okay. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. Just for this year's team, how about just for, just for this year's team? Yeah, because don't you think like if it's if it's just going forward, it's Jeremy Fears pretty easily, right? Yeah, I think I think it would be ew, give, honestly, I'd say Kylan Boswell for this year's team. I think it's Boswell. Yeah, like assuming like they would be getting year two Kylan Boswell, correct? Like he yeah. would early enroll, and this would be his second year in the program. Yes, yeah, yes, I, yeah. yeah. I'd say Boswell. I agree with that. If Boswell was on this year's Illinois team, oh man. I would yeah. I would be really really high on that team, um, but yeah, if it's going forward, Jeremy Fierce, that's a huge huge miss and a huge gap for Michigan State. Marshall King says this Proctor hype is eerily reminiscent of the Curbelo preseason All American hype a few years ago. Curbelo comes back alongside an All American Kofi and veteran point guard Trent, and we all remember how that went. Dot dot dot. Yeah, I think the difference here is that Andre Curbelo was clinically insane. <laughs> and uh, Tyrese Proctor is not, by all accounts. Yeah, so just just two totally different players, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like just like just just the profiles of their game. They're just not. They're just not the same. And I I still think we're pretty pro Curbelo on this show. Like I, I we like him as a basketball player. Um, just is, uh, is, is Illinois better this year? They had Cor- Curbelo on the team. I don't know, man. Don't make me answer that. On on paper, yeah. On paper, yes. If Andre Carvello, the problem is everything that's not on paper is the issue with Andre Carvello. So I don't know, man. Uh, where's he play? Isn't he going to Southern Miss? Southern Miss, <laughs> and he just recently got set. He he had like twenty and five in like a game for the Puerto Rican national team, and immediately got sent home afterwards for suspended for conduct detrimental to the team. Yeah, in a lot of ways, Andre Curbelo is what I envision playing with you in college would have been like. I would have been a six seven Andre Curbelo mentally. Like everything about my game screams like I get suspended for a game. I show up to the press conference for that team and Snapchat like LOL. They could have used me. I just still love that he goes by Poppy Curbelo. That's fantastic to me. Uh let's move on. Spartan AG says, as much as we all parentheses Greg don't want Izzo to stop coaching if you could pick his successor who would it be I mean I I think we're obligated to say our answer right uh I, the thing oh, is, are I, you are you backing off of that backing off of what 
the answer, like the all the all time sleepers answer of who should succeed Tom Izzo has been the same. Oh, yeah, Drew. Yeah. Yeah, 100 percent. That's what I want. But I don't know if that's what I don't know if that's what state's going to do, though. Well, but the question wasn't what's state going to do. It's if you could pick his successor, who would it be? Oh, Drew. Okay. I'm going to say you didn't you didn't go straight to that for the first time, I think, ever. I was concerned that there was a reason about that. But. Well, I thought it was more so what state's going to do. And I okay. think that we, we talked about it offline. I think they're going to like try to throw a big bag at like one of the huge names. Yeah. I don't think that is what will happen, to be honest. Um, I think it will stay in the family, not in the house, but in the family. I think that's a Tom Izzo move, and I think Izzo will have a huge say in picking the successor, which means it's likely, honestly, I think it's likely between Stevens and Drew Valentine. And and honestly, probably who's going to be most successful with their team in these next coming years. So, you know, it's big, big, big years for, for both of them. Yeah, pressure's on, but um, I will say I still am very high on Drew Valentine's trajectory here. I know Loyola didn't have the greatest year last season, but he's doing a lot of really good things right now, and uh, culture-wise, there would not be a better fit than Drew Valentine, so he's got our vote. Tater uh, is back in the comments. He says, I agree with Carter on the parents thing. IU had a parents on social media problem for years now. Did your mom or dad ever take to social media with issues? With you, oh. hmm. I I took the social media with my own issues. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> Mary Rose wasn't like a Facebook mom. No, not at all. I mean, honestly, if anything, like they would be cooking me. Yeah, something like that. But no, never that. I'm just curious. Thanks for the question, Tater. Leslie says, "I love the positivity, Greg." Super positive day for me on Friday. I'm just doing what I can. Uh, best host in the country, some would say. Michael Kremen, Michael K. Remen, I don't know, says, Hey, guys, lots of talk about best backcourt in the country heading into the season. I haven't heard a lot of talk about Tyler Kolick, Cam Jones. Kolick is obviously coming off being Big East Player of the Year. Jones averaged 15 a game. Do you think that backcourt belongs in the convo with the likes of Duke, Michigan State, etc.? Carter, who's their coach? Chaka Smart. It's your favorite thing, right? <laughs> That I mean, that is their coach. But we do got to be honest here. You take out Shaka Smart. You just look at this from a complete backcourt standpoint. I love Cam Jones' game. I, he's one of my like most fun players. I think to watch. He's like uh, I wouldn't say he's the our heat check our sleepers heat check player of the year, but like he has that ability to just like explode for fifteen points really quick, like in a real quick succession. Um, but at the end of the day, their head coach willingly wears long sleeves under his polos willingly in every season, every game. Mm-hmm. I just nasty. If you get your, if you get your fashion tips from the school of Rob Dowster, you need to take a deep look within. I think you're a little harsh on Shaka. And by a little, I mean like way, way too harsh on Shaka. I don't think he's nearly like, I'm fine for the jokes. When it gets to the NCAA tournament, if we're filling out brackets, then we can make the jokes when we're just I'll, talking like, who's the best backcourt. I was doc rivers. Ah, maybe running good off that one run. He he won that one title with the Celtics, Doc Rivers, and he yeah, made that maybe run. maybe he's he's building a really good team right now though. All right, got you. So we're just gonna forget. We're gonna forget that we had a lot of money on that Texas team when they played Abilene Christian. I don't. I don't want to remember that. I have done a really good job scrubbing that out of my mind. Um, who is our Heat Check Player of the Year? By the way, do we have one? You gotta find one. It was it was Sean McNeil, but then he lost everything when he went to Ohio State. 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Sensabaugh just sort of swooped in and stole all of the heat check powers of that team, right? I guess so. That's what that's the way you like to look at it. I, what's wrong with that? We love heat checks. That's the nicest thing I've ever said about Bryce Sensabaugh. Sensabaugh was the heat check player of the year. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's praise for me. That's a good thing. So we got to figure out who the new one is. We'll think on it. Uh, also, I'm sorry if I'm a little scatterbrained right now. I'm a little distracted because in the YouTube, uh, in the tab I have open on my browser right now, I just got a notification that uh, a certain show is live right now doing their first episode in about two and a half weeks. And uh, 24 people are watching. So um, I, I kind of want to tune in, to be honest. Let's just move on. Noah Chicken says Edie on his own is the best front court in the country. Yeah, I went back and listened to our segment cart, uh, the front court one with Riley on Riley Friday. I feel way better about me leaving that game with Purdue and you guys leaving with other backcourts after listening to it again. <laughs> What's that? The front court's correct. Yes, front court. Sorry. Well, I mean, but you didn't even know who the front court mate was. For Purdue? Yeah. I said TKR. Okay. But what you're saying what you're saying is a ED alone is like that's that's what you're rolling with. I think we underestimated that in the segment. Well, in, in my segment, are we underestimating the fact that whether you got mad, I got Johnny Furphy or KJ Adams, I got Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, Zach Eady's just so much better than Hunter Dickinson. He's he's better. So much better. It's better. Yeah, I can't believe you're carrying Hunter's water now that he's out of Ann Arbor. This is insane to me. It's such a flip. Always got a soft spot in my heart for Hunter. <laughs> it's such a flip. Also, this really weird thing's going on. I don't know what it is, but right now, like when you and I try to talk at the same time, I can't hear you talking. So there's been like Six or seven moments in the last 10 minutes where you're moving your lips and I'm hearing no words. It's scary. <laughs> now you're doing it on purpose. Now I'm terrified right now. Okay. Moving on. Uh, Kevin Deaton says, I got your back, Greg, on your one big thing from Friday. I feel you college basketball fans are crazy. I've been a Kentucky fan since the 80s, so trust me, I feel you. I like watching you guys, though, because I think you keep it real. I don't agree with you all the time, but that's okay. If I did agree with you all the time, I would have stopped listening by now. You guys keep up the good work. Again, fantastic comment. If we had, like, a mug club, I would send a mug to Kevin Deaton and uh, who was the comment from earlier that we loved? Jeff Parks. Uh, Jeff Parks. Jeffrey. Those are officially the first two unofficial official members of the Sleepers Mug Club. Uh, add that to the list of things we need to figure out by two weeks from now for football season. Uh, Richard Blake says, you guys should make a video of you playing around and where do you guys play? <laughs> that's that's just not happening. It would be a great thing to do if you could just get over your current golf state. It's just not happening. It might happen, though, because you're getting new clubs. Yeah. But I will film Greg doing around, and I'll be his caddy. I've already done that. I did that once. I tried to do the whole, like, golf round, come play around with me and my pregnant wife. And then the only thing that happened was I shot three over in nine holes and had a baby 24 hours later. <laughs> See, you just said that was special, and no words came out. That was special. Are you doing that on purpose? I'm so confused right now. I like you're talking right now and I'm hearing nothing. I'm that was special. 
Oh man, I'm so rattled. This is, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Uh, Aiden is back. He says, obviously with the news, what does flag 24 reclass mean for next year and for potentially Duke? It means he's going to Duke and it means he's going to be the best Duke player in about 20 years and probably the perfect Duke player because people are going to hate him and he's white, which is awesome. Yep. Facts. I, I think it's hilarious that like, the assistant coaches like on the Duke staff, like aren't even hiding it. Like he reclasses and they're sending out emojis. Like it's the worst kept secret in college basketball history. Would be hilarious if he didn't go to Duke at this point. And I'm he's 99% going to Duke cart. There's a chance UConn steals him. Is there a chance he goes to Maine? No, but there, there is a chance Dan Hurley comes in out of nowhere and snipes this kid. So you get to pick where Cooper Flag goes. Where does he go? You get to you go, pick. Can I pick Maine? You can, yeah. No, at Maine would be fun. Like when he did it, when he commits, he'd be like, "Oh, it's so cool." Whatever. People would give him all the credit in the world. All the like actual media members would tweet out like five paragraph essays about how great this is for the game. Uh, and then we would probably not hear from him again. Like we'd have to watch Maine games on ESPN you all year and then like they wouldn't make the tournament and it would be it would suck duke is the best spot for him because they'll be awesome and all of his gifts and flaws will be front and center and he like the thing about cooper flag is he's not playing a character the way like some quote-unquote villains have in college basketball last few years not naming any names but uh cooper flag is like like he has that shit to him and he's kind of like a total dick for lack of a better word right like yeah basically but it's, it's genuine in a great yeah. way it's not faking and he's and he's cold yeah. like fuck but uh if i got my wish uh just because i'm a violent person and i love chaos he go to unc <laughs> imagine oh, yeah. imagine the first duke unc game if cooper flag went to unc at cameron he pulled a Dylan Harper and just was trolling Duke all along. That was hilarious too. Did we bring that up? I'll we haven't up. talked about that on the show. I've, at some point we'll do a full on Rutgers got the best two players in the country segment. So let's save it for that. But we're, we're big fans of what Dylan Harper did. I think. Uh, okay. I got to move on here. Malik Perry is back. He says, Greg, you do a great job. But Carter, when he said Sissoko and Hall, don't forget, they were the two main reasons we beat Kentucky last year. Joey Hauser had 24 and 8 in that game against Kentucky, by the way. Yeah, but Mati Sissoko Euro stepped and missed it. He Euro stepped. He's Giannis. Uh, he did miss it. I, I, sorry, Malik. It's a fair comment. I took D Rose's SAT. He says, any recommendations for activities or restaurants in Southwest Michigan, preferably close to Marcellus three rivers only can do so much of the golf and the booze cruise lifestyle. Also, you should take all of the hate and negative mentions as progress. The sleepers is growing and the work you are putting in is paying off. That's a, a very measured, mature way to look at it. We're, I think too immature and too petty to look at hate that way. Exactly. <laughs> also, where's three rivers? Uh, it's very close to where I live. It is. Okay. Yeah. Not familiar. Yeah. About probably a 15 minute drive. Um, I a casino. I feel like, like doesn't three rivers casino just sound like an actual place. Yeah, it does. Uh, not a thing as far as I'm aware. I, 
I don't know. I wish I could throw like some restaurant recommendations at you or something, but like golf is pretty much my only hobby. So <laughs> I, if that, if you're at a wall, that scares me. D Rose's SAT. Cause maybe I'll hit a wall. Maybe I'll stop loving golf. Give them like a spot that Mal likes. Like what about that taco place that you always are pissed? You pay like $9 a taco, but it's that's really the worst. That's in Kalamazoo. It's Condado. It's Condado. And uh, oh, they will. That's Oh, that's a chain. That's everywhere. I thought it was another place like Taco Bob's. Or Taco what's... Bob's. is. Hey, don't you dare disrespect Taco Bob's. That's what I'm saying. That could be the recommendation. I guess. I mean, go get great tacos that are not $9 a taco at Taco Bob's. Fantastic place. I feel like he's looking for more recreation, not just like, where can I get a good taco? But I'll think. I'm sorry, D-Rose SCT. The only thing I have in Three Rivers for you is that's where I take my dog when I need to like have him stay overnight somewhere. So, uh, great place, by the way. Forget the name of it, but they've never done wrong with my dog. Aiden Aiden D says, who are your top five most impactful Big Ten freshmen? That sounds like a segment, not a comment. Can we can we save that for a segment? Yeah, let's do that this week. Okay, we'll do that this week, Aiden. Thank you for the question. Tourney J35 says, I like Riley, but please add to his list from last week. He openly hates Milwaukee, but still hangs out at Marquette's rec gym only because it's a private school, loves IPA craft beer, and thinks too many places serve cheese curds, not blue collar like the host, not even close. <laughs> He's not beating those. He's not beating the country club allegation. He's never beating the private school allegations. I still can't get over how just irate he was with me for saying I love Milwaukee, man. Like that's that's just not up to his standards as a city. It's crazy. Clayton Lee said, "Would Illinois be better this year or not if they had Curbelo back?" Uh, he was a turnover machine. We kind of already talked about that, Clayton. Sorry, we didn't attribute that question to you, but. Oh. Uh, we, we talked about it. Michael Mann says, not going to lie. I like evil Greg much better. Also 100 proof peppermint schnapps and diet Mountain Dew. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Is that Michael Mann? Is that the comment? That's Michael Mann. And Michael Mann's on some list. I'm not sure what list it is. He's on some list. You know who I think would love 100 proof peppermint schnapps and diet Mountain Dew? Riley Davis. Let's <laughs> Clayton Lee said, <laughs> Clayton Lee said Curbelo is not a good three-point shooter either. A lot of Curbelo talk today. This is more, we're not supposed to start off a Monday with Andre Curbelo talk, people. Come on. Uh, at least get to like Wednesday before you make us do this. Natalie Rose says Carter is right. Nerds gummy clusters are top tier. In fact, that comment came in three minutes ago. Natalie Rose with a buzzer beater. <laughs> she had ball, ball knower, candy knower, Natalie Rose. I still haven't gotten them, by the way. I lied. I said I'd get them on Friday. I didn't get them. You're 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 coming uh, down this way for Zach's daughter's B day party, right? Sure am. I will. I'm gonna get you. Wait, wait. I will bring you some gummy clusters Saturday. Okay. I'll trade you a Michigan admission shirt. You give me some nerds gummy clusters. We'll go to a one year old's birthday party. It'll be great. Can we get like a fire pick of doing it too, like a jersey swap? <laughs> that would actually be fantastic. We can do that. Uh, Coy is back. He says, Greg, stop pandering to the masses too much positivity. Facts don't care about fan bases feelings. That last line was a bar. I'm not going to lie with you. Facts don't care about fan bases feelings. Mm. I'm going to use that. <laughs> that might get clipped in me. My Twitter header. 
Yeah, that's a really nice bar. Thank you for that, Coy. Uh, two more comments here, Cart. Todd KY says, why do you guys think Illinois is such a wasteland for coaches? All the pundits usually talk like it's a top job, but coaches seem to fail. Shaka, your favorite, was the up-and-coming next great coach, and he left. The only coaches I can remember that have sustained a run was Lou Henson and Bill Self. Yes, I know Bruce Weber was the coach for the title game run, but Self recruited most of those guys. Just wondering your thoughts on that, and is Brad Underpants going to be the guy? Did he call him Brad Underpants? That is what he said in the comment, yeah. That's a crazy nickname, to be honest with you. Uh, shout out to Captain Underpants. I think Brad would be that guy. I believe in Brad. I true. I still do. I don't. I don't think it's a desolate. Did he say desolate wasteland? He just said wasteland. You added the word desolate. those. <laughs> that was good. Okay. Don't get. Don't, don't let me get my get on my Marion Webster. Uh, no, I think Brad's going to be successful there, and I think he has. You know, been successful there. I. I think Illinois fans hold it to a very high standard, but like he hung a Big Ten banner. What two years ago? Was it? Yeah, he's he's had multiple championship teams since being there. Um, I think I think the hard thing to come to terms with is there aren't many coaches in the sport that have a national championship ceiling. And it, it, like fan bases don't want to say that out loud. You just don't like you always want to have hope your team can win at the highest level. And there probably are like 25 to 30 programs in the country where like, if you decide your coach is not a guy who can win a national title, that guy's not going to be your coach much longer. I don't think that that should be like a definitive line, like no offense to Illinois fans, but I don't think like if they determine Brad's just not a national championship winning coach, that doesn't mean he shouldn't be the coach at Illinois. Like mm -hmm. he, he can win the big 10 a lot of years. He can make second weekends. I firmly believe he can do all that. I don't know that I believe Brad Underwood's going to win a national title. At Illinois, I just don't. So if that would say to you, like, oh, we need a new coach, I guess I wouldn't do that. I would not fire Brad Underwood ever. Um, but I don't think he's going to win a title at Illinois. So also doesn't mean he can't though. Like, because I mean, you look back to last year. Were you pegging Hurley as a guy who like was a champion? No. Yeah. So like, it could happen. Yeah, that's the thing. It can flip on any given year. Like, I I am holding strong that Matt Painter is going to get there one day. I'm not holding as strong that Brad Underwood's going to get there. No offense, Brad, but um, I, you asked me a year and a half ago, I would have said Jawan Howard gets there. Now I would laugh myself to sleep thinking about that concept. So tough question. I feel like that's a deeper conversation at some point, Todd, but good question. Last comment of the day, Kevin Deaton says, Greg, don't let Todd KY get to you about the hairline. I happen to know him personally. I can tell you his forehead goes all the way to the back of his head. Uh, and then these two had a little bit of back and forth off of that so i kind of like i what I mean, i'm learning oh go ahead no i was gonna say i love inner comment beef that's great yeah. what i'm learning about our comment section is there's like different comment communities within our sleepers community and like last week we had some beef going in the comments and like right now we've got like a little friend duo in the comments so uh i'm enjoying learning the intricacies of all of our uh at usernames so Shout out to y'all. Good week. Good, good start to the week yet again. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Let's get into our topics today, Cart. We're going to start with a five-star recruit. Bryson Tucker, great name, first of all. Uh, not to be confused with Bryson Tiller, who is both a musician and a basketball player as well. Uh, I can never get over that. Anytime I hear Bryson Tiller, I'm like, I want that dude on my team just so I can put a bunch of highlights up with don't playing in the background. But long story oh. short. Bryson Tucker is who we're talking about today. He's a five-star who may or may not be reclassifying, which is of note 
particularly to some teams that may or may not have hopes of winning a national championship this year. One of them being that team in East Lansing, Carter. I looked at his 24 seven profile because uh, the, the only report I've heard was that if he were to reclassify, he might be leaning Michigan state that came from an on three article and there was no other school listed in that. It was just like, Hey, this might be an option. And if it's that some people think it might be Tom Izzo out of nowhere. First of all, second of all, like who are the backups even like, I didn't know Michigan state was even recruiting this kid. Turns out teams like Duke, Illinois, Indiana are after this kid in his original class maybe or maybe not if he were to reclassify. So uh, what do you know about Bryson Tucker? Do you like his game? And more importantly, would it be a good thing for Michigan State to add Bryson Tucker into the already crowded, talented room that they have for this season? So I'll start with this. I'm a huge fan of Bryson Tucker's game. I think he is – I think he covers all my buzzwords for kind of what I like with college basketball players, like Greg, you, you hear this a lot from me. You can confirm like this is what does it for me when I'm talking about college basketball prospects. He's a three-level scorer, okay? So he can score at the hoop. He can score mid-range, score from three-point range as well. That's not an issue. He's a competitive as shit. He's a good defender. He's everything like if Izzo could start molding a two-guard, like he would mold Bryson Tucker. And I think that Bryson Tucker is going to find himself – in the NBA whenever he decides to go. Like, he's an NBA-level player, first-round draft pick-type talent. With that said, we don't want to overthink this. I hate people who overthink this. Like, if a five-star kid wants to come play for your program, you say yes. I don't care. If you have the scholarship open, I don't care who's on the team, you take them, you put them on the team. With that said, for everything that I've heard, Bryson Tucker is a guy who's – very solely focused on getting to the league. Like he wants to get to the NBA. So I could see a world where if he did reclassify, like maybe he pulls like a shade and sharp, maybe he reclasses, you know, just goes, works out with Michigan state's team practices, probably gets stronger, works on his game and then declares for the draft. I don't know if he'll be as high as a draft pick as shade and sharp was, but I could see him doing that. But from everything I'm hearing, and it's been a very strange recruitment for him as well, like whenever you ask around about him, people don't really know what's going on or where he's leaning. Uh, It's either going to be like one of the professional routes, overtime, elite, something like that, or Michigan State. That's that's how it was originally before the reclass rumors came about. But I I, I don't know if there'd be minutes for Bryson Tucker on this team, to be honest, with how crowded the backcourt is. Yeah, I'm really intrigued because – Everything you're saying and everything the reports are saying about what he wants and how he's wired and this five-star kid with dreams of the league, all that's great standalone and makes sense based on who he is. He's a talented kid. I don't know how any of that squares with the best option for me is to reclassify a year and play for Michigan State right now. Like I, I, it might make sense for Tom Izzo. It, it like it's, I would make the team more talented, but like, I, like you said, where, how does this kid go one and done and get to the league on a team that has Walker Aikens, Hogard fierce. Yeah. I, I, I'm baffled by that. Well, I'm not like, it, I wasn't too like buying in. It's like, it makes no sense for him to reclass and go to Michigan state this year, except for the fact that, he does love Tom Izzo a lot. His family loves Tom Izzo. If I I somehow stumbled, actually someone sent it to me. I stumbled upon his dad's Twitter likes. 
every single tweet is either his son's highlights or Michigan State stuff, like Tom Izzo, you know, videos and all this stuff. And they're, they just seem to be huge fans of Michigan State. And when you look at, like, the on three, like, uh, percentage leans, I think Michigan State was at 87% as a lean for him. So I, he, it might just be one of those cases where he's just buying into the, you know, being a Spartan dog, wolf, wolf. Doesn't matter about the minutes. <laughs> yeah, listen, that stuff's real. Um, I mean, it, this would kind of be, I don't know. It's I'm I'm thinking this through out loud right now. So excuse me if this thought isn't like fully put together. But like, I think Izzo deserves a ton of credit for getting this year's roster to the point that it is because it it really took a ton of individual decisions from kids that kind of went against the natural line of thinking in order to get this roster to the point where it's so loaded. And what I mean by that is like, like he had to recruit Aikens back and keep him happy knowing he's going to be that third guard. He had to recruit Hogard back to an extent. Like there was a chance Hogard left. He had to recruit Walker back for the extra year. He had to recruit Xavier Booker and at the time, like I was joking about it because he didn't have the rest of the special class when he was all in on Xavier Booker. It was Xavier Booker bust. It turns out he was able to convince a kid that everyone says has motor issues to play for the number one coach in the country who won't tolerate motor issues. Like he's kind of beaten all of the skeptics on all of these individual decisions one by one by one that has now lined up this uber talented team that is the best one and the deepest one Izzo's had in six years. So in, in that sense, it would almost make sense if the feather on the cat was one extra five-star kid who wants to be a one and done at a position. There is no time for on this Michigan state roster, but like I won't put it past Tom Izzo anymore because I've doubted Tom Izzo one too many times this year. And he just keeps making me look stupid every single time. Yeah, even like I guess somehow turning into like an Izzo love session segment, but like even when Michigan State missed out on Devin Royal, when Devin Royal was almost set to be a lock, and it was actually well, it was a lock, and then it was between Michigan, Michigan State, then Ohio State showed themselves, and it was like Michigan State, Ohio State thought we were gonna get him, and then he pivots and brings in Cohen Carr. Like obviously losing Devin Royal, I think Devin Royal is gonna be great at Ohio State. Don't get me wrong, I would still love to have him at Michigan State. But his ability to like even pivot off his misses, uh, it's just I, the dude's just beating the odds right now, and he's beating all the allegations that the NIO would just like eat him up. Yeah, he's in his bag. Um, last, I guess, more specific to Bryson, um, I I'm skeptical of reclassifying kids in general. I just think like more often than not, that ends up in disaster than it does a kid shows up and is great and it works. Um, His profile doesn't really strike me as like reclass. Like if a guy's reclassing and he's like physically ready, like he's physically imposing, uh, it it makes it a little bit easier for me. I guess it would be like reclassing guards usually doesn't, usually doesn't pan out too well. Yeah. I think Ant did something like with actual numbers and a study on this a couple of years ago of like, let's look at all the reclassifying point guards and it failed. Now Bryson's not a pure point to me. He's more of a shooting guard, combo guard, whatever you want to call him. He's big. He's six, six. He has height. Um, but there's still like, there's not playing time available and maybe he would be good enough. He cuts into it. I'm not saying he wouldn't play at all. He would come off the bench, but that just is such a different role than what a, a kid who is trying to get to the league as quickly as possible is adamant he's a one and done would typically want. 
So um, I don't know. I think he's got the game. I I don't think he would be a top five player on Michigan State next year, partially because I think Michigan State's really, really good. But as much as like this might be a really flashy ad, I don't think it's one Michigan State really needs. So I don't know. Like it's it's kind of one of those things where like if it happens, then great for Tom Izzo. He did it again. If it doesn't happen, great for Tom Izzo. He avoided a potential disaster to the locker room, you know? It was solidified as the greatest recruiting class in Michigan State history, though, right? You think so? Beers, Carr, Booker, and Tucker. I don't think that beats redacted Langford Winston. True. Yep. Was there a fourth in that class? There was a fourth. Who was it? Nick Ward. Yep. That that was a great class. Who arguably at the time, Nick Ward, like for half his freshman year, was the best player out of that group. Like it was crazy. I know his career didn't end great, but um yeah, it would have an argument though. You can make an argument if you want to. We'll see what happens with Bryson Tucker. We'll see what happens with Michigan State. But uh man, am I terrified of Tom Izzo right now? I say that genuinely as I wear a shirt that says admissions on it. Let's move on to Badunga Dunks, Flory Badunga. Uh, the latest in the line of players who opted to go to Kansas and not Michigan that are extremely talented centers. Never heard that one before. That's crazy. Uh, this recruitment sounded like an all-timer Hall of Fame Mount Rushmore. Remember that recruitment recruitment? Uh, he was rumored to be an Auburn Tiger. He was like done deal. That's what all the insiders had. Bruce Pearl swooped in, dropped the bag. That was the report and uh, maybe it wasn't spelled out explicitly like that, but that you can read between the lines, right? You don't want to recruit against Bruce Pearl, NIL, whatever. Here you go. He's going to Auburn. Not so fast, my friend. Bill Self showed up and said, I'm Bill MF and Self. And now Flory Badunga, the best center in the country, is going to Kansas. We've talked about Badunga's game a little bit in the past, but uh, what do you make of how he ended up at Kansas more than anything? Yeah, I think for me, just from a, just from a recruitment I guess, uh, whatever story you want to call it specifically for me. And this might be like simple minded or childish call it whatever you want. I enjoyed this recruitment because no one really knew what was going to like, it kind of came out of nowhere. I feel like since we've been in this space because of like people that we've been able to get connected to and know, or just like even people you can follow on Twitter, you know, with the Trillies of the world and the Slaters of the world, you really don't, you're really able to know where a kid's going. Like, it's, it's, there's no excitement in recruiting anymore, to be honest with you. Like, you know where a kid is going usually before he commits. And this kind of just felt like, you know, everyone was like, oh, Auburn is. And everyone thought it was Duke for sure. Then Auburn came in at the end. And then Bill Self comes in and just says, just like you said, I'm Bill MF and Self. I enjoyed the actual just recruiting saga that went on with Flory. And I'm a big fan of his game as a player, physically imposing. He's one of those guys who I think is still learning the game of basketball too, but obviously the tools are there. I think he'll have, you know, obviously one of the best coaches in all of college basketball history uh, helping develop and teach him the game, which is going to do nothing but help him. Um, it's just another tip in Kansas's hat. I feel like Kansas has just been on a run lately where they can't miss, and it continues on the recruiting trail. Yeah, Kansas is Kansasing again. That's how I feel. Um, Badunga's great. I just want to say that. Like, I, I've always liked Badunga. I had to be peripherally interested in his game because Michigan kept making his final lists over and over again, even though I knew there was a 0% chance he was going to end up at Michigan. We said that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think Badunga will be really, really good in his one year at Kansas, and I don't think there's any chance he will be there longer than a year. 
I know there's a big string of like great big men staying in college longer than they should. Badunga's an NBA center to me. He's like shot blocking extraordinaire. There's all these clips of him just catching blocks, which is one of the coolest things I've seen like a player do consistently at that level ever. It's not like one highlight where he caught a block. Like he does this a lot where he just doesn't swat the ball out of bounds. He catches it. And that's insane. It takes a ridiculous level of hand-eye coordination and athleticism and brains to be able to do that. Um, he also is a physical just monster like the, he he can assert his will on the offensive rebounds. He can rise up. He can dunk on your head through contact. I think he's going to be fantastic. I don't think there's a better coach in the country for him with with a repertoire of big men, a resume of big men than Bill Self. So uh, I think this was the right decision. First of all, Flory's going to be fantastic while he's there. You said you enjoyed this recruitment. You know who didn't enjoy this recruitment? Me. I did not enjoy this recruitment because it started with everybody saying, oh, he's going to go to Duke. Hashtag the brotherhood. That's great. He's going to Duke. But oh, by the way, Michigan's in his final four. And then, oh, no, Auburn, Bruce Pearl, they swooped in money. Got him. Ha ha. But oh, by the way, Michigan's still in the final four. They're on the graphic. Tipton made the graphic. Oh, by the way, though, there's 10 seconds until he commits. Sounds like he's going to Kansas. Thanks, Jeff Goodman. Oh, by the way, Michigan's still on the list, though. Nobody ever said there was a chance he goes to Michigan, Cart. Because you know why? Michigan doesn't get kids like this, Cart. They don't. Like, why Why are we still trying to get kids like this? That we know it comes down to who's writing the biggest check. Michigan's a, not writing the biggest check, Cart. They're not doing that. Gregory, there's a, there's, there's a perfect reason when we knew he wasn't going there. When he took the picture in the football jersey with Jawan on his official visit and was doing the spinning the ball and the warming his hands thing with Jawan Howard, that's when you knew he wasn't going there. Right, but like, I just, you know who didn't know that he wasn't going there, Cart? Michigan insiders, who as of seven days ago were writing paywalled articles telling people the coaching staff feels really good about this one. Oh, hey, did you hear? Like, oh, all the buzz is Duke, and now it's Auburn, and now it's Kansas. Nobody nationally, nobody anywhere says Michigan has a shot in this. But, oh, by the way, Wolverine, subscribe, $12.99 a month. We hear he likes Michigan. Like, come the F on, you guys. How naive do you have to be? There was no chance Michigan was ever going to stick in this recruitment. And I get that I can say that because it didn't happen, but I feel like I'm, like, the only Michigan fan on earth that can see the program for what it really is right now. It's driving me insane, Carter. It's not driving me insane. I know it's not. Yikes. Let's move on. Illinois. uh, You know how I always always say, I'm like, yeah, I love when both our teams are good because it's good for the conference. That's true. But this this is kind of fun, too. I enjoy this just a little. I've been filing some paperwork to see if I can get Michigan enrolled into the new Pac-4 conference um i tbd more more to come there but i'm working on it illinois finished their spain trip they concluded uh a successful very successful trip to spain with a third win in as many games and the thing that stuck out to me about this trip is that as the games went by it seemed like it was a different guy making the headlines Every game, Ty Rogers had a great first half in this game. He was five for five from the floor. I think he only had one turnover. He actually had some assists this game looking more like a point guard. I can't believe I just said that. I strung those words together in a sentence. Ty Rogers looked like a point guard. What's that? Repeat that. 
Yeah, I, I don't want to repeat it. The, your mic's still doing the thing where I can't hear you when we both talk. It's weird. Weird things are happening. Anyways, uh, yeah, weird things are happening. Ty Rogers, point guard. Weird things are happening. Amani Hansberry was also really good. Again, he's had a couple productive games in a row. He's looking like a very clear rotation guy at the very least. There were some concerns on that, but um, kind of reminds me a little bit. I mean, there wasn't a, well, there was an overseas trip last year, but kind of reminds me of like Terrace Reed ish breakout right now of like, maybe he's not going to be a rotation guy at all. And then it's like, no, he's a backup center. You got one. You don't know what you're going to get, but he's ready to be a backup center. That's how I feel about Hansberry right now. So um, all in all, what do you have takeaways for Illinois at the end of this Spain trip? Three and oh, what are your takeaways? I think I I have a good idea of what Illinois is going to be and how they're going to win games as a basketball team. And I think it's going to be, like I said a couple episodes ago, I think it's going to be playing defense and uh, and getting on transition and playing fast. I think that's how they're going to win basketball games. And their ceiling, though, is going to be decided on how efficiently they're going to be able to hit shots. I think so. I think I come out of this trip less worried about the point guard position. I think it's safe to say that. Um, so, you know, all in all, as an Illinois fan, I feel like I would feel a lot more positively about my team, um, coming out of this trip, which I mean, what, what else can you ask for on a foreign trip? Like, I feel like going into these trips, so many things could go wrong. They could be an absolute turmoil in hell, wondering what's going to happen with the season. And I don't think they're in that position. So all in all, I think good for the Illini. Uh, and I think not, not necessarily answered questions at the point guard position, but, I see a vision. I see a world where it's not as a big of an issue as some may have been leading to be on. I'm really excited to see this team in a setting where they're not just playing everybody 15 minutes. And obviously Brad came into this trip knowing he was going to do that. I'm not saying that's wrong. Like you should do that. You should play everybody on the overseas trip, but uh, it's really hard. It's really hard to look at this roster and like identify who the five are or who the eight are or like whatever, pick your number. It's impossible to tell who's going to play on this team. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I think it's good. I think like obviously having 12 guys who can play is good. That's not bad. That's good. But it can be bad if you have 12 guys who all think they're in your top five. And Illinois has gotten bit by that before in the Brad Underwood era. Um, I'm not saying this is like a, I don't know how you keep everybody happy team. Cause I think the vibes in general are good with this team. I think this team likes each other. Ty Rogers will let you know that they like each other, but there's 12 guys who think they need big minutes. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I think there's 12 guys who kind of warrant big minutes, like, cause all 12 showed something on this trip, which is great, but it's a little scary. Cause I think if you were building a team in a lab, you would want like some separation between your star player and then your top six and then the bench guys. I don't see really any separate, like the 12th guy on this team. One game is Justin Harmon. Then the next game it's Moretti. Then the next game it's Gary. Then it's goody. Like you can go down the list and just slide everybody who's not Terrence Chan or Coleman Hawkins anywhere from third best player on this team to 12th, depending on the night. So, um, I kind of am scared by that, even though it's a good thing. It just it makes me nervous. Do you get what I'm saying? And is it good or bad? I don't know what to make of it. I get that. But then, like, go to go back to your point, looking at this team in a real setting, I think uh, I, I don't know what the phrase would be to use. Like, the cream will rise to the top. Like, I think it'll kind of figure itself out and you'll find the guys who are more consistent than others uh, because it's any guy, any 
player I think can be consistent or look good in a three game stretch against certain levels of competition. But for the guys who can be consistent and sustain it and shit damn near in the college setting, even get better throughout the season, like leading into big 10 play and postseason play, I think the cream will kind of rise to the top. Um, but I mean, you had Illinois at what seventh in the conference, eighth in the conference coming in. Like, does that change for you? Yeah, I think after their first game, I moved them up to third. Um, <laughs> I like it's it it just like it's gonna be day to day for me. One day it's like they're a contender, and then one day it's like they're in the NIT. I don't know. I think this team's gonna make the tournament. Like uh, even if there's a moment I'm really down on them, like this team should be a tournament team. But um, I like. I think I like what I saw from Maryland more. I will say that like, cause now we have seen enough of these other overseas trips. I think I like Maryland has a top five and those five are nasty. Yeah. I feel really good about that. Uh, Illinois has a bunch of dudes who can play a little bit here and there, do different things. They can't shoot. This team cannot I, shoot. <laughs> I'd say though, that Illinois has four stamped right now. Who are the four? Uh, TSJ Coleman, Goody, Ty Rogers. See, I, I like those guys are going to play, yeah. But like, I, I don't know that I'd say Goody and Rogers are like separation at all from the next guys on the list, man. Like Rogers was really good this game. He was really bad the others. Um, Goody was two for nine, zero oh for five from three this game. I don't think Goody has shot the ball the way we hope and think he can shoot the ball on this trip, like. I need Goody on U.S. soil immediately. Yeah, we got it. We might need to talk to that man. I need um, Goody soil immediately. Uh, last thing for me on it. I'm staking my claim now. Terrence Shannon Jr., first team All-American. I just want to – I want that on record saying that. Am I also crazy? You don't have to go off on a, tr- a true segment about it or anything like that, but just simple yes or no answer. Could Moretti actually – contribute to this team i swear to god every no, time you're I, right you're he was right. actually some things i think he can which is part of what like the fact that we're having that conversation i don't think is a good thing even though it, it means it's good for moretti moretti is showing some things it's not good that the guy who was supposed to be the 13th guy we're like oh is he the fourth best player on this team like we don't know man like that's that should be horrifying to illinois fans at this point even though you're excited about it. it's fun and exciting it's also really scary um, give me just quickly, let's do like speed round. Give me, uh, the guy that impressed you the most relative to what you thought you'd get from this trip. I have a name. Do you have a name that like exceeded your expectations? Ooh. Uh, I, I might say Moretti, to be honest. Mine's Justin Harmon. I like that pick. I don't think people are really like giving Harmon too much love. He's not like the centerpiece of the Illinois social strategy the way some other guys are, but he's been consistent and productive in these games. And from the film I saw, like he looks like he belongs in the guard spot. That really matters to me. Like that. Um, Yeah. I next one. So Damas didn't play. We knew that he was hurt, right? End of the season. Damask is the blank best player on Illinois. Because I I I asked this question. I think that this answer tells you a lot about how you feel about Illinois. If the guy we didn't see play is the what best player on this team, the master is the third. 
see that's why you should be terrified <laughs> cuz that that answer means you didn't love what you saw from anybody and that's like Damask might he might be the third best player he might just be really good and i just i hold Damask in a high standard you can but i i think that there's an underlying element of if Damask is the third best guy and we haven't seen him play then that means well Ty didn't show us what we wanted to see. DGL didn't show us what we wanted to see. So, uh, for the record, I think my answer with Damask would be fifth. No, sixth. I'm going to go sixth. I would have him behind the big two. I would have him behind DGL. I would have him behind Sincere Harris. And I would have him behind Dane Danger. I go back. Sincere is my most impressive player from the trip, too, over Meridi. I want to say that. I love Sincere Harris. Sincere Harris is my a top five favorite player in the Big Ten for me. Wow. That's that's high praise. We like Sincere. Not best, my favorite. I do like this Illinois team. I was, I, I'm saying that genuinely. Like, I, I There's a lot of players I actually like. I like talking about and like watching. I didn't expect that coming into this trip. Now I'm like, ah, oh, fun guys. They like each other. I don't know if you've heard, Cart. They are they are big fans of each other. One guy they're not big fans of, Cart, was uh, on Twitter a little bit. Can we talk about that briefly? Oh, oh, you know one of the one of one of the original sleepers' favorite players, Skyler Clark, Sky Clark. With two, we we still hold stock in Sky Clark. I I'll say that out loud. I'm never gonna not be a Sky Clark guy. Easily, I I expect him to play extremely well at Louisville this year. I do. He's he's kind of. Bitter Xing though a little bit. He he's he's petty. We love petty. Is which why we love him. But that Ty Rogers is also petty. So do we love Ty too? But Ty's too nice. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That's true. You you can't be afraid of the mud. And I feel like like Sky's not. Sky will get in the mud. Ty wants to kind of lean into the mud and then get out of the mud quickly. And like herself. Yeah. Um, do you so <laughs> now we gotta say it though? Sky was basically he accused and said the guys that y'all accused me of are still in that locker room. That's essentially what the tweet said. What do we think he's talking about? And who? I mean, by simple context clues, it's he cause he said it was a one of the freshmen last year, correct? I think, I mean, he, I don't think he spelled it out and said freshman, but somebody was like bringing up the fact that there was a rumored fight in the locker room that Sky was a part of. And there was a rumored, like it was rumored it was Matthew Meyer and Sky. Mm-hmm. And we don't know, by the way, we've tried to get this confirmed. We, we don't know. We have not heard. That's the genuine answer. Um, Sky claims it didn't happen. That's what happened in this tweet. But then he went on to say in a pretty hard tweet to read, uh, that's, that's part of this. Like, I just, I, I couldn't really understand what he was saying that there are guys still in the locker room that Illinois fans should be concerned about. I want, I mean, using basic context clues, one of them that he's talking about, not saying it is who it is, but he's talking about Coleman hundred percent. I think he's talking about Coleman. I'm on Coleman. Yeah. Which is correct. Cause Coleman did take some parting shots at sky. I believe. Correct. I think so. Listen, man, they they don't duck smoke. I'll give Illinois credit for that. Nobody in this locker room ducks smoke. Um, 
I I don't know, man, because I love Coleman and I love Sky. I don't want the two guys I love to be beefing. Yeah, well, maybe we should get them on an episode and we can bring them all together. We, yeah, if we, it's like Maury. We like ambush one of them with the other one. We invite, you invite Coleman on, and I'll invite Sky on. And like, couples therapy. What's he doing here? We're like, we're we're all here because we love you guys. We love. Yeah. You. In in Illinois intervention would be lovely. We could even we could get Channel Three to sit down with us and do it all. It'd be fantastic. All right. Well, thanks to Illinois and thanks to ex Illinois players for always being entertaining. Overall, great job on the Spain trip, Daddy Brad. If this makes its way back to you somehow, uh, you're you passed the test with flying colors, my friend. You're gonna have your hands full this year, and you're off to a great start navigating it all. You got twelve different guys looking good enough to be talked about on the Sleepers podcast. That should be the most important thing on your to do list, Brad. Let's move on. One big thing presented by Bigby. Bigby, uh, we aren't drinking any Bigby right now because it's Sunday night and it's past our bedtime, to be honest with you, Cart. Let's get straight to it. What's your one big thing for today? I, I, you know what? I would have loved like a nice D. I love a good decaf coffee just like to have. <laughs> Great. Um, my one big thing, uh, one of the things I realized this weekend, um, you know, a new revelation for me, and I might be late on it, so don't let me have it in the comments if I am late on it. But one of the biggest ripoffs of all time is that when you go to the gas station and you got to fill up your car tire or like a bike tire, it costs like two bucks to like get air. Like no matter how much air you're getting, whether it's a little bit of air, a lot of bit of air, it's two bucks. That's crazy. I didn't know you got free air in your tire from Bell Tire. That's a game changer. And I got a Bell Tire right down the street from me and my tire may or may not have a hole in it. Let's not freak out about it. Let's, let's save that for the week. But I'm able to go to my local Bell Tire and just fill up air and just walk on out of there, save myself two bucks and have a smile on my face and a tire that's at 36 PSI. And it felt good, damn it. So shout out to you, Bell Tire. Free air is huge. Uh, I don't know the phrase for Bell Tire, but I appreciate you. That's my one big thing. Hashtag free air. Credit to you. I Terrifying that you're going into a week not knowing if there's a hole in your tire. The, you know what, Greg? You, I don't think you realize it. You really can't get me down. <laughs> like life, life never gets me down. Like maybe the Lions <laughs> get me down. Maybe my sports teams get me down. But life tries to throw all types of shit at me, and I look at life in the face and I say, "You know what? You could do worse than that, my friend. I'm still here." Any of our friends that actually know both of us are dying laughing at you saying there's nothing that can get you down. You are no offense, but you when you're down, you are one of the most down people that I know. Like a Michigan State loss to Purdue will have you not talking for three days outside of sports. Okay. I mean, sports is such a big part of our lives. I feel like we can't just say outside of sports. Um, okay. I hope your your experience at Bell Tire goes great. Uh, Kari, if it's okay with you, I would like to uh, throw to a guest for my one big thing today. Is that all right? Huh? I, I would like to defer my one big thing to a, another person who is not you or I to use my time on my one big thing for their one big thing. Is that all right? Is Mal off the screen right now? I now present to you Dion Hillford. What's good, y'all? It's Dion, aka that boy D Hill, bringing you my one big thing on this fine Monday, presented by Big B. First off, shout out to Big B for sponsoring Cardin G. I love these two the way old people love salt. Which brings me to my next point. Old people, 
Stop trying to diet. Just to name a couple of things that y'all have been through. Civil rights movement, Holocaust, world wars. And you did all that by eating awful. Save the diet, save the gym for those of us that are trying to get to where y'all are at. Be happy. You lived a great life. We all love you. We want you to continue to live. Until doctors tell you to diet, don't diet because what you're doing is working. Save that for the rest of us. Cart G, love y'all. That was one big thing from Deanna for. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.